Church, we're continuing our sermon series uh, entitled Stand, and today what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about standing in faith. Uh, my desire for you today is that I pray that this message will be a message of hope to you, that you will recognize that God wants to give you hope. Man, in John chapter 16, verse 33, the verse that you've heard every single week this month, it says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Church, I want you to think back for a moment. How many of you have been honestly searching? How many of you have been believing in God for a long time that for something significant? I'm talking about you've been praying hard and you're like, Lord, I would like to see you work in this way. Lord, I would like to see you do something. And you've been praying for a breakthrough. Maybe, church, you've been praying for a, a, a breakthrough in depression, that you can overcome some depression in your life. Maybe you've been praying for a financial breakthrough. Maybe you've been praying for a relational breakthrough in your life, praying for your parents. Maybe even it's just something physical, like God heal me of cancer. Whatever it is you've been praying for for, for a long time, something significant. Maybe, though, church this morning, you haven't been seeing any results. I mean, you've been praying hard and you haven't seen any results. And I believe this morning, if you pay close attention, if you're really seeking him out, I believe God is going to minister to you today in a very special way. Today we're going to continue in Daniel. And I really love church. I love doing sermon series on, on the Old Testament characters. I don't think we as a church get into the Old Testament enough. We kind of think like, oh, that's good. Let's go into the stuff all about Jesus. But let me tell you what, you will see Christ all throughout the Old Testament. So today we're going to be in Daniel chapter 10. And let me give you a little bit of a background story here. See, Daniel has been praying for decades, church. I mean, a long time. He's been praying for decades that God would restore the temple that was destroyed. And also, he had been praying for his Jewish brothers and sisters who had been in bondage for years that they would be released and they would be sent back to their homeland. And so there were some signs all throughout Daniel. There are signs where it's kind of looking like, ooh, it's going to happen. Like God's going to do something. There's going to be something that's happened here. But then all of a sudden, church, Daniel receives a vision from God that was disturbing to him. He was struggling. All he could do was seek God in prayer. See, what he did is he saw a vision of war. He saw a vision of more hardships coming down their way. And he's like, man, I've been praying for decades, God. I've been praying for decades. And now all I see are more hard times coming our way. And, and he does what most of us always do too. He's like, I can't take it anymore. I can't deal with this. So Daniel did what Daniel always does, is he sought God out. And in chapter 10, it tells us this. It says he, he went on a 21-day fast and he prayed. So he fasted for 21 days, and it says that he also didn't wear any fragrant lotions. And let me tell you what that means, church. It means the guy didn't bathe. So for 21 days, he wasn't bathing, probably really smelly, I'm sure. But he sought God out. Check out Daniel chapter 10. We'll start in, in verse 5 and 6. 
And it says this, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. So church, at the end of this 21-day fast, he had this vision come to him. It was a vision of an angel being. Now I want to make sure you understand, he wasn't sleeping. This wasn't a dream. This was a vision. He was wide awake. The Lord appeared to him and was showing some things to him. And some, some say that this was Christ himself appearing to him. A lot of biblical scholars would say it was Christ appearing to him, glorified Christ at head of a time of encouragement. So Christ was coming to encourage Daniel. You know, I want you to remember something, church. Before, remember that God was before the foundation of the world. God was here way before. Our brains can't even comprehend that. That can't truly register when you're really thinking about. So God is the Trinity, right? We're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They existed, church. They existed way before the foundation of the earth. It's a mystery that we cannot explain. And so, church, Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form, doesn't he? He appears in the New Testament in bodily form, but he existed even before the foundation of the world. And so, church, this is called a Christophany. It's where Christ appears in the Old Testament. And we don't know for sure. But I tell you what, church, today I'm going to preach as though that's the way it is. I'm going to preach it, and if I'm going to err, I'd like to err on the side of Christ, right? It just seems smart to me for, you know, it's like the kid in Sunday school, right? The Sunday school teacher starts describing, you know, what's got a bushy tail, it's brown, climbs trees, and, and, and gets nuts, right? And the little kid, what does he do? He goes, Jesus, right? That's what they do in Sunday school. All the answers is always Jesus. You can't go wrong with it. And so that's where we're going to be today, church. So we're in church. We'll go with Jesus. Daniel chapter 10 Check out verses uh, seven and eight with me. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Again, church, Daniel wasn't asleep. This was a vision. Now, what's really interesting is Daniel was the only one who saw this vision. This happens in the New Testament, right? Remember when Saul was on the road to Damascus before he became Paul? Christ appeared to him. The other people didn't see anything, but he did. So why is it that they didn't see it? I don't know. The Bible doesn't make it clear. But we do know is this. There are times, church, Times, oftentimes, when God will reveal something special to someone and not somebody else. Think about that. You know, your follower of Christ, chances are, I hope, I hope and pray for you, chances are at some point in your life, God has shown you something powerful. I'm talking about it was wild. You saw something. Maybe it, as you were reading through the Bible, right? And, and you come to this spot. You've read it all kinds of times before. And then suddenly, it, you know, it jumps out at you today. You're like, wow, I get it. Man, I see God showing me something here. That happens a lot. You know, this really speaks to me. We think that way. 
Or maybe it's during worship and, and they're up here playing the song that you just really love and you're getting into worshiping it and it's awesome and it speaks to you, but other people right around you be like, I didn't see nothing special about that. You know, maybe the preacher was preaching and he was preaching well and you're like, man, that really hit me. And somebody be like, eh, yeah, it ain't his best work. You know what I mean? This is what happens to Daniel. The other guys didn't experience it. I believe with all my heart, some of you today, you're going to hear from God. I believe that. Uh, you're going to hear from God, and it's going to impact you in a mighty way, and, and he may be speaking directly to you. And the reason you're going to hear it, church, is because God has something to show you in his word. Pay attention to it. That's how cool God is. And so Daniel has a moment like this. He has a moment like this. And in the middle of verse 8, he is in the presence of Christ, this angelic being, and he says this, church, he says, my strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak, very weak. You know, there's times we, we like to get it together in a big setting like this, right? We come and we worship God, and, and, and man, we, we love to get, have these great services together in a large corporate group, and man, that's awesome. We should. And you, and you can feel the spirit moving, right? You can feel that. Or, or maybe it's a prayer meeting and like everybody's praying. I mean, it's really, it's going down and, and some amazing things are happening. You can feel God's presence, you know, in that prayer meeting. But have you ever tried, church, have you ever tried to be alone with God? Hear me out this morning. Do you realize God will meet you there too? I'm talking about you're completely alone with him. You, you take the word of God, you, you take God's word, and you go somewhere all by yourself, and, and you read it, you meditate on it, and, and you seek him out. Church, it'll do something good for you, it really will. God will reveal himself to you. You know, in contrast, we live in a world today where a lot of unbelievers, they're, they're constantly sociable. You know what I'm talking about? It's like this constant social thing. They, they want to go to nightclubs and, and, and have drinks with many people. You know, they run in packs. You know, we have to stay together. I love to be surrounded by people because that's when I feel love. That's when I feel this sense that, that I've got something going on. They don't like to be alone. But now back to Daniel. Watch what happens. Remember, he said, my strength left me. Verse 9 says this, then I heard a man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted, and I laid there with my face to the ground. See, church, the strongest of men, the strongest of men and women cannot withstand the weight of God's glory. Man, I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how strong you are. Man, the strongest of us, we cannot withstand the weight of the glory of God. Have you ever had that moment where you're deep, deeply in the presence of God? I mean, that you, you're, you're praying, you're worshiping, and, and you just feel that. Maybe, church, it comes down to this. You are grieved. You are grieved by the depravity of your, your sinfulness. But in the same exact hand, you are rejoicing over the beauty of his grace, knowing that you are forgiven. You ever feel that thing right there where you are just torn and so many emotions are just overcoming you of what it is that God has done? And so in a moment with God, you are overwhelmed. I'm talking you are overwhelmed with his comfort. I'm talking about you are overwhelmed with his presence. You are overwhelmed with his assurance of who you are in him. And you just don't want it to end. 
You don't want it to ever end. If you've never had a moment like that, church, if you've never felt that, that presence, I want you to know if you seek him, he will reveal himself to you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, man, he speaks to this. He says, you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, is what he says. So you want to have that experience, church. You seek him out. And when you are in his presence, when you have an encounter, man, he will transform you, completely transform you. I remember a guy telling me one time that he was, he was really just, he, he was one of those guys that lived his life wild and free. You know what I'm talking about? It's like doors wide open. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, all those kind of things. I mean, he was living a life that was crazy. And he told me the time that God came to him. And when he realized how real and how true God was, and he said, when he heard this verse, you know, he'd been dabbling. He was one of them guys, he's dabbling like, you know, on Sundays, man, I'm over here. I'm really a, a strong Christian. And then the rest of the week, man, Monday through Saturday, I'm over here living in the world. And he said, God just smacked him upside the head when he heard Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, nine. And it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Church, he said at that moment, he realized who God was to him and what God had done. He said he felt this heavy weight, like he couldn't get out from underneath God's weight, and it just cried, and he sobbed in the presence of God. Maybe today, church, You'll have a moment like that. You know, let, let's talk about how this applies to your life. So church, how do you stand firm in your faith when you're praying and you don't see anything happen? I believe we've all been there at a certain point in our lives, right? How do you stand firm in your faith when you're praying? I mean, you are seeking God out and you're not seeing anything at all happen. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to see three things to remember when you're standing in your faith. And the very first one is this, church. If you're writing things down, make sure you write this down. God cares about you more than you do. God cares about you way more than you do. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. Remember, Daniel has this, this moment, right? He has this vision, and verse 10 says this, Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. You know, I, I, I grew up in traditional church. I did. And, and you know, I remember sitting in, in church, and we were always in church. You, you, there was no personal days from church. It wasn't like that. My parents make sure we were in church every time the doors were open. And I, after a while, you know, after growing up in the church, you know those hymns, right? You, you learned them, you heard them so often, you could almost sing them by heart. And then some of you are like me, you got your own versions, right? You kind of, oh, I thought that's what they were saying, but no. And so there's this one song when I read that verse in chapter 10, verse 10, when it says that he lifted me and then a hand touched me and lifted me. It made me think of that song, he lifted me that we sang in church and I am going to sing it for you today. I'm kidding. <laughs> I want you to stay. I'm going to read the words for you today, okay? The song is, he lifted me. It says this, from sinking sands, he lifted me. 
With a tender hand, he lifted me from shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. Church, there's a lot in that song right there. Do you realize that the hand of God never extends to condemn you? Hear that. Think about it. Get that in your head. The hand of God never extends to condemn you. You know, I, I remember growing up, I bet you every one of you can ex- say you've experienced this in life. You know, you're getting kind of jerky or lippy with your parents, right? And then all of a sudden, they kind of reach to grab something. And you go, whoa, you thought it was coming at you, right? You thought the right hand of justice was getting ready to sweep down and take care of you. And your parents loved it that you flinched and they wasn't even coming after you. They loved it. But you know what? Do you realize that right hand of God, when he extends it to you, it's not in punishment. Church, it's not to to condemn you. The hand of God always extends to lift. When God reaches out to you, it's to lift you up. It's not to condemn you. Daniel, again, I want you to hear it. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. And maybe this morning, church, Some of you, you need that sense of Christ's hand lifting you up. Check out Daniel chapter 10, verse 11. And then the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. I believe some of you need to hear this this morning. This is what you desperately need to hear this morning. Do you realize that you are precious to God? You are precious to God. You are valuable, church, to God. God loves you. God cares about you. There is nothing you can do to make him love you more, and there is nothing that you will ever do that's going to make him love you less. He loves you, church, not because that's what he does, because that is who he is. He loves you. You are precious to God. Do you realize what the word precious means? It means valuable. It means valuable. You are valuable to God. I can be really honest with you this morning. I love a lot of people. I do. I love a lot of people, but not all of them are precious to me. They're just not. You know what? My my kids, they're precious to me. They're valuable. My wife, she, she is precious to me. She's valuable. She's very valuable to me. My grandkids, they are precious to me. They are valuable to me. And then there's other people. I love them. I do. I love them, but they, and I honor them. But they're just not precious to me. Do you realize that your God looks at you with the same love that a loving father has for his children? Sometimes because of what society has done to to children, You know, we have all these absent fathers or fathers that are not fit fathers. They're not good fathers. They were not loving fathers. We translate that to our heavenly father, right? Because that's the only father that you knew, someone that wasn't good to you, someone that wasn't loving to you. But you realize your heavenly father is a loving father, and you are precious to him. Man, if you've got that twisted up in your head, you've got to unravel that a little bit and understand who he is. He cares about you more than you care about yourself. I want you to read the second half of uh, verse 11 with me. So he says, hey, you're precious to God, so listen carefully what I have to say to you. So he's getting ready to hammer him with it, right? He says, stand up. 
for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. You see what he did, church? He said, stand up. He was giving him strength just on that command to stand up. Do you realize that God cares about you more than you do? Second thing I want you to get this morning is this. God is doing more than you understand. God is doing way more than you understand. This is going to get really cool. Check out with me, if you will, verse 12 of Daniel chapter 10. In verse 12, it says this. And then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. He said the very first time, Daniel, that you prayed, man, we heard it. See, it's not like your children, and for some of you, it's not like your spouse, where you have to say it five times for someone to hear you or pretend that they heard you, right? No, the very first time that you prayed to your God, you were heard. God is not somebody that you have to beg to hear your prayers, church. He hears him the very first time. Check out verse 13. It says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. So this heavenly being is saying to Daniel, like, man, for 21 days, the, the, the prince of Persia, and we don't know who that is, church. The Bible doesn't make it clear. But he's saying, I was being blocked from you. How many of you have been praying for a long time for something? Something in your life, a very long time. For those of you who've been praying for a long time, so long that you even wonder, is it worth it? You don't talk about, you're like, man, is this worth it? For those of you who've been praying for so long that you hear those voices in the back of your head, church, we've all experienced this, even if it's for a fleeting moment, where you're like, man, why even bother? Does God care? He don't even care about this. If God was going to do something, he would already did it by now. I'm praying, and I'm just wasting my breath. God's not listening. He's not going to do anything. Man, it must be his will. Church, we've all had those moments in our minds, haven't we? Do you realize the first time you prayed for your child who is straight away, God heard your prayer. The first time you've ever prayed Man, it might not be fancy the first time. I love it when I, I, I see people who come to Christ like later on in life. You know, when you're a little kid, it's real easy. You, you teach them to pray, and, and kids are just so, you know, they're just so pure. They'll just pray. Man, you ask someone who just came to Christ at the age of 40, and you're like, hey, go ahead and pray. They're like, well, I don't know how. You know, and you say, just pray what's on your heart, and, and they'll give this really rough prayer. And they're like, oh, man, that wasn't real good, was it? No, listen, church, God knows your heart, and he hears your prayers. It doesn't have to be loaded with these and thous, and thou artest the greatest, O Lord. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be these fancy words, Old Testament. No, it doesn't have to be that way. God wants you to share your heart with him. And the first time you ever prayed, even if it wasn't fancy, he heard your prayer. And God loves a persistent prayer of his people. He does. He loves that persistent prayer of his people. The first time you cried out to him in faith, the very first time you cried out to him in faith, believing 
Heaven opened up. Heaven opened up and God heard your prayer. So we go back to 13. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Remember, this is that angelic being, Christ, is what some biblical scholars would say. Would say, he blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And so, you know what? Most biblical scholars believe this, this prince of Persia was demonic forces. And so think about this, right? Remember, some of the angels, they rebelled against God in the early days. They are known as fallen angels is what we call them. And so those demonic forces, they do battle in the kingdom even today, church. It wasn't just back then, even today. And remember the verse that we've been sharing every single week. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. So don't you ever believe that the physical realm is all that there is. And so in 13, he's saying, man, I was being blocked. So I just picture this, okay? He's going like, all right, Michael, you take care of this battle here. You fight this fight, and I am going to Daniel to answer his prayer, to strengthen him, to lift him up. And so Daniel prayed. And here's what's powerful. It moves my heart, church. Daniel prayed. He continued to pray. And guess what? He prayed some more. He continued to pray. And what did he see? What did Daniel see? Nothing. He didn't see anything, not a thing. But just because he didn't see anything, just because he didn't see anything, did not mean that God was not doing something. That God was not doing something. God was. See, I believe that this message right here, this part of this message is for somebody in this room today that you've been praying for a long time, you've been crying out to God, and you haven't seen anything yet. But just because you aren't seeing anything doesn't mean that God isn't working. Doesn't mean that he's not on it. The first time you cried out to God, he released his angelic beings and they're doing warfare for you in a way that you can't even comprehend or understand. We can't get it, church. So you just keep praying. You just keep believing. God loves you so much that he's working behind the scenes on your behalf specifically. Things you don't even understand, but church, he cares for you. And that's why he's doing it. Remember this, church, the kingdom of light Make sure you're paying attention. The kingdom of light will always overcome the kingdom of darkness every time. It ain't over yet. It's not over yet. So 21 days earlier, when Daniel still hasn't seen anything, there was this battle raging in heaven. And because heaven heard his prayer for the very first time that Daniel prayed, just because we don't sing doesn't mean that God isn't working. So how, church, do you keep standing in faith? How do you keep standing in faith? Number one, you remember he cares more about you than you do. And number two, he is doing way more than you can understand. And the third point for today, and the last one is this, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Man, that's a New Testament principle, right? Paul told us that. Have you ever been at a point where you feel like you just ain't got anything else to give? This past week when we were working at Mission Wells, I picked up this really big log. I was having one of them tough guy moments. You hang out with all 16, 17-year-olds. You're 51. You got something to prove, right? You do. 
And so there's this log. We want to get off this site really quick. I picked this bugger up, and I'm walking over there, and I'm carrying it to the pile where I had to go. And then all of a sudden, they're going, hold on, wait a minute. Let me rearrange this pile first. <laughs> Remember, I got something to prove, so I'm standing there like this. I'm holding it. I said, I got you. So I'm holding this great big log, and the longer I held it, you know what happens? The heavier it got. And I'm holding it and holding it, going like, I got this. I can do this. 16-year-olds ain't making fun of me, right? I still whoop all of them. And I'm holding this big log, and it kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And right when I was getting ready to collapse, they rearranged the pile good enough for me to dump this log on it. And church, do you realize something? Some of you are in a place where you feel exactly like that. You feel like you've got nothing left. I'm talking, it is draining from you quickly. You are at the end of your rope. You don't know what's going to happen next. And let me tell you something. Do you know when you are the strongest? Not when you're trying to use all your own physical strength. Not when you are saying, I got something to prove here. Let me tell you when you are the strongest. It's not in your own power. But when it comes from his power is when it's most real. That is when it is most real. Until you fully embrace your weakness, you will never appreciate and experience his strength. You'll never experience it. So when you recognize, I have prayed. When you recognize, you know, I don't have any more faith. When you recognize, I don't have any more strength. When you recognize, I'm at the end of myself. And when this power becomes more real than ever before, church, Till you embrace your weakness, you will never understand his strength fully. Because you are taught since kindergarten, you never give up. You never surrender. You keep pushing forward. You don't admit that you're weak. You don't admit that you struggle. You don't admit that you don't know. Right? We are taught that forever and ever and ever. But God's word tells us, no, you admit defeat. You admit surrender. You're saying, I can't do it. I no longer can be the one who can handle this any longer. It's not in my strength, Lord, but it has to be in yours. Daniel chapter 10, verse 17. And it says this, how can someone like me, this is Daniel speaking, your servant talk to you, my Lord. My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. This is how some of you feel today. Man, you're hanging on to this marriage just for the kids. And your strength is gone. Financially, man, your strength is gone. You're saying, I can't breathe. We don't have enough to make it work, right? Man, verse 18, it says this. Then one, the, then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I don't, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. The Bible says he touched me. Don't miss the power in this church. Don't miss the power in this. He touched me, and I felt my strength returning. Some of you, you need to hear this. This is it right here. This is it. You need this God moment. Uh, this is it. That one touch, and your faith being restored. That one touch, and you're coming back to Christ. That one touch, and you're believing for a thing that, that God is going to do. One touch, and your strength returns. One touch from the presence of Christ, and every single thing changes. I want to share one last verse with you as we get ready to close this out this morning. 
Verse 19 says this, don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. And as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. He may do exactly what you're praying for this morning, church. I hope that's the way it is, but guess what? He might not too. He might do it and he might not. Just because you haven't seen anything though, church, doesn't mean that he isn't doing something. And do you realize it's not over yet? Some of you are giving up. I mean, you're getting close to the finish line. You're getting close to seeing God move and do something and you're giving up. You're losing faith. Remember the very first time you prayed, he heard your prayer. So as the praise team comes up here this morning, some of you, you might feel today that this sermon is directed right at you. It is. <laughs> it really is. This is for you. If you're feeling that way, God is speaking to you through his word. Maybe you feel like God is touching you this morning. And man, you feel your strength returning. And you're wanting to believe again. You're wanting to believe in his miracles. You're wanting to stand in faith. And I want you to realize today that maybe God is building your faith. You're coming to understand him better. And you want to make a commitment to him. So this morning, if this touched you in a mighty way... I want you to realize that God is speaking to you. It doesn't have to be this image, this vision that you see standing before you. I hope you get it. It doesn't have to be this, the, the sky parts and God is speaking directly to you as the sun is shining only on you and nothing else. Man, I hope you get that, but it doesn't have to be. It can be through God's word that he speaks to you and speaks mightily. And I believe with all my heart, he's wanting to strengthen some people today. He's wanting your faith to return. He's wanting you to believe that he is on the job, that he has not given up on you. And he wants more than anything, church, for you to understand that you are precious to him. You are valuable. God doesn't make junk. So this morning, my prayer is that you recognize your weakness that you recognize that you can't do it in your own strength. My prayer is that you recognize that once you surrender, once you admit defeat, once you admit, I do not have it all going on, that I need a Savior. And watch what he would do in your life. So this morning, if that is for you, I want to encourage you. If you feel that God is calling you to surrender this morning and if you are outside of Christ he is I want to encourage you to come forward let us pray for you let us walk you down the path that you need to be on and for the rest of you believers that are sitting here this morning maybe your faith isn't as strong as it should be maybe you're doubting God and his capabilities maybe you are just sitting there saying it's for everybody but me I want to encourage you to ask for forgiveness in that. You pray. If you need someone to pray with you, we'll pray with you. Whatever the thing may be that's holding you back, recognize, church, that is the enemy placing a roadblock in front of you and your Savior. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. But I want to encourage you to respond this morning.